Thanks for joining me. I'm Nancy, and you're listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'll be talking to ordinary people, just like you, who share their real-life stories. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, leave a kind review, and share. All right. Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. I am here with Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. So I know Terry um, from church, and she is a homeschool mom. She's done with homeschooling, but that was that's what makes her such a great resource for me. When I have questions, she has been there, and I thought homeschooling has become such a big part in the last few years, a lot of people joining the homeschool community, and I thought, what a better time to have her on. So Terry, could you start out by just telling me a few things about yourself? Yes. Um, I guess the first thing is that my husband, Tim, and I have been married 42 years. That's since 1979. We've lived in Colorado 33 years, and we both grew up in Oklahoma. How many children do you have, and how long did you homeschool? We have four sons, and we uh, I taught them from kindergarten through eighth grade, and that totaled a little over 20 years because they're kind of spread out in age. <laughs> Wow. So I've realized that knowing your why just in life on different things is really important. What was your why for homeschooling? If you don't mind, I'd like to give a little backstory on that why for why we homeschooled, because it really is kind of fun and encouraging to look back and see how God works in our lives. So in November of 1983, Tim and I moved from Fort Sill in Lawton, Oklahoma, to Fort Richardson in Alaska. He was serving in the military, in the Army, and we lived on Fort Richardson Army Base. And the church that we found to attend was 20 minutes away from the base in a little town called Eagle River. We made some great church friends at that little small church, and two of the women I met were interested in homeschooling. And one of them, her sister, was already doing it in Oregon. She had grown up there in Oregon, and she was just super excited about it. And the other friend grew up on the East Coast in South Carolina, and the military had brought her and her husband to Alaska, and she was interested in homeschooling, and their children were both the same age as our oldest. And I guess my other friend, I wanted to say, the oil industry is what had brought them to Alaska, so we met at this little church, and when they first started talking about homeschooling, I thought, I'm serious, my first thought was, is that legal? (laughs) I, You know, it's 1984, I don't know, is that legal? But I was somewhat intrigued because I had a teaching degree for middle school and high school science. So I did have a desire to help students learn. And, you know, so it it intrigued me. But I was clueless how I would teach somebody to read or how to do elementary math. And so I, therefore, really did not feel very confident that I could do those things. You know, it's crazy, but that's how I felt. And so that's kind of where my husband, Tim, played a big role a few years later when Jim was ready for kindergarten. Um, We were going to have to move halfway through that year of all things with the Army. And so he said, I think for consistency and for all the reasons we've talked about that homeschooling is interesting to us, we should try that. I think you can do it, even though you don't. And I wouldn't want anybody else to teach Jim. I, I really am excited about you doing it. So with his encouragement... You know, we tried that first year, and really the whys we had come to for why we wanted to do it were just to have the ability to have more input in his character and teach Bible consistently and not have more time with him beyond five years old. You know, it was kind of really what 
our whys were at that point. I love looking back on that story because, you know, that was in a time period before there were podcasts or the internet or Google to look things up. So the way you learned about things was hearing a speaker in person, listening to a cassette tape of somebody speaking about something or learning from your friends. So I love God took us all the way to Alaska to meet friends at a little church in a little town and learn about homeschooling. I love it. How did your why shape the decisions you made? I ask this because um, it's easy in, in my world, and I think I see it in other people's, to get distracted about what curriculums to choose, co-ops, groups. You see someone doing something and you're like, oh, I'm not doing that, I should be doing that, or am I making the right decision on this or this? And you, you can get overwhelmed, you can get overloaded, you can not do the best you can for your kids because you're just so distracted on all the decisions to make. So could you speak into that a little bit? I think I've felt all those things, Nancy, every single one of them. And I mean, this doesn't answer the question yet, but we really started like just as a trial that first year. So I depended on my friends kind of for input from them and a few, a book that I read. You know, so I, I just kind of went based on their advice to start with. So you have to learn and you have to try things somewhat to know what your style is going to be. I am the kind of person that, honestly, I like to make the best choice the first time, but that does not happen, you know? It just doesn't. So trying things sometimes are the way. Reading about them, talking to your friends helps. And it really took me quite a while to settle into what was the best style. For, I'm going to use the word style, but rhythm and style and activities to do. So I look at picking curriculum, what homeschool may be extra groups you might do, and then what extracurricular things that are just sports or something. So those are kind of the three areas you really do have to evaluate. And as we added more children, no two years were the same in homeschooling. You know, eventually we had elementary kids and we had a baby, and then two years later we had another baby. So no year was the same. But I did learn that if something didn't work, it was okay to change. And even though I like to make the best choice the first time. <laughs> so um, I'm going to talk to curriculum um, what I found in that. We wanted to use a Christian or Bible-based curriculum or curriculum that was easy to add into because living out what the scriptures say is a really part, a critical part of our values. So we started there. Um, as they got older, sometimes there might have been something we used that wasn't strictly Christian at all, but we could add into it or talk about the different things we wanted to in it. So First, there's picking the curriculum, and then there's just kind of like why I picked what I did. And I wanted to have something that gave me a good way to carry out getting the academic ba basics and also making sure I got the work done every day. It is easy to get distracted and not do it. <laughs> so I finally settled on a curriculum that um, did have the days kind of set out, you know, so you would know, oh, well, today I did it or I didn't, but at least I knew. And it, it also selected a lot of books that I was going to use that were real books, his, uh, real history or biographies or autobiographies, whole literature books, and that I liked that the best. That helped me the most of all the things I tried. So you kind of have to try and see. I guess after thinking about, okay, picking curriculum, then it was the um, extra groups to do, which there are so many of those to do. And in the beginning, I did some homeschool groups where we planned field trips that we went on and did seasonal parties and things, you know, just had 
almost fellowship time and fun together, and those were really good. But as I got more into it, I realized the social things to do with my kids. I really enjoyed a unit study co-op group I did where the moms prepared, like I would take one month or maybe two in a year. It was a ton of work, but other moms were doing the other months. And my kids really loved learning that way. It's just some extra fun things to do, and we did it twice a month. And then with my younger boys, we did a book club that was the same idea, only we were reading literature. But we did lots of activities. Maybe we'd do a field trip and make food that was in the book, and then we'd learn all the English things, you know, the characters and the theme. And they really enjoyed that. So I kind of liked later just incorporating that more social time rather than another homeschool group through those means. But that's just what worked for us. And then the last thing is those extracurricular things and for us, we chose to do sports, but everybody kind of only did one, I would say, in the year, maybe sometimes two occasionally. But since there were four of them, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. And uh, we did not do competitive sports. We tried it once and realized, oh, it is just too much time and money for meeting what our family, our goals were trying to accomplish. So um, we also did Awana, a children's Bible program that just it was fun, and it was a good way doing Bible memory and um, learning the Bible more and with other kids, too. Oh, and the last thing we did back in the day was Boy Scouts, which they, uh, around 11 or 12, they started. And, you know, they learned a lot of great life skills, leadership things, and outdoor skills. And it was fun with a group of dads and boys they did it with. But there were so many things out there we could have done. I mean, I regret not doing more music, or we really didn't even dabble much in theater. There's so many things to do. So, but you have to pick what you can manage, and that was about it for me. <laughs> That's true, and I think I heard you say, like, this didn't match with our goals, and I think that that's so important because there are so many things, and probably now, more than when you were homeschooling, there are so many curriculums, there are so many co-ops, there are so many things for homeschooling parents and kids, which is super wonderful, but it is so overwhelming as well because mm -hmm. there's just so many wonderful things and you have to choose. Yes, and I, I guess I feel like, I mean, someone along my way said, you know, yes, that's good, but is it the best for you, for your family, for your kids? And sometimes that's even hard to determine what that is for your kid or your family. But I don't know. I eventually came to feel so content in what we were doing, and I really loved that I was getting to teach them at home and do the things we did, and I was just really thankful for it. So, I mean, it took me a long time. Look, I had 20 years, so it did take a while to get there. Looking back, what was the hardest? Oh, the hardest definitely was those years that I had babies. Since we... Uh, have kind of a, I think, six-and-a-half-year gap between our second and our third child. So the two older ones were in elementary school, and then I had a baby, and then I had another one. And I just did not feel like I was doing my best job in those years. And Tim would be very encouraging, say, we're still doing good, we're still making progress. But, you know, that, that, was, that was the hardest probably for me. It did lead us, though, to enroll Jim in a ninth-grade program that was a homeschool, high school kind of program where he went to school two days and worked at home three so I still got to interact with him but he had everything laid out for him I had everything laid out for me he was tested he you know wrote papers I wasn't evaluating everything and that was really helpful and that worked for all of our sons that we did that and we felt like it was a good preparation for what they might do next in life whether that was college or 
a vocational trade or something, but we just thought that was good to have that outside accountability eventually. So, and then the most rewarding, I early on was watching the boys learn to read and actually learn to love learning, or I'll say at least like learning. <laughs> you know, they they just were interested. They like to read and learn, and that was very rewarding. And today, I think that our now that our sons are adults with their own families, uh, it's really rewarding to see how. They're lifelong learners. I mean, they're just interested and always learning, and they've chosen with their wives, um, the ones that have school-age kids, that they're homeschooling them. And, you know, that's just really sweet that they thought that was a good thing they got to do in their uh, K through 8th grade. So, What a legacy you've had for your kids and your grandkids with that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's sweet. Would you do it again? I would definitely do it again. And Tim and I have discussed that, you know, we know homeschooling's not probably for everyone, but we certainly want everyone to realize that, you know, God really teaches in the Bible. He ex- He expects parents to be teaching their children. That doesn't mean it's everything, but if your kids are in school somewhere, just still realize that you have a giant role in teaching them. Is there anything you would do differently? Yes, the main thing I, and it took me kind of a while, you know, I had the first two and then I had the second two, so I almost got a redo also in what I did, um, is getting help sooner if there's something that you're not great at. So I'm a pretty much math, science, history kind of person, and while I did well in English in school, and I love to read, like, literature, I just was not a good writer in that I just didn't love it. So that was very hard for me to teach. And so with my younger boys, I shared with a friend. She taught them a a writing curriculum, which she loved doing, and I taught science to her kids. And so, you know, that was one example. And, you know, like foreign language, I had this big aspiration for my kids to learn that younger. But I took French in high school, and I wanted them to learn Spanish. And so I should have gotten help sooner to not wait till high school for them if, if that's what, you know, I wanted to do. And so I think just... Realizing you don't have to be good at everything, and it's good to get outside help when you need it. So I know as a homeschool mom myself, there are days that I absolutely love it. I'm so happy to be doing it, and then there are days <laughs> that are not. And I do relate to that a lot. I sometimes did feel like, oh, I really don't want to do this today, or there's just too much stuff to do out, you know, that I feel behind on, and. So I uh, came to realize, though, that if I thought back on every job I'd ever done, there were days I didn't enjoy it, whatever that job was. And I, so that kind of helped me go, okay, this is just like that, and I just need to persevere through stay or take a day off, and it, it's going to get better. And it may take a whole month because things are pretty challenging that month. So I, you know, it wasn't like I all the time loved homeschooling. I just want to make sure you know that, <laughs> even though I was very content and happy I got to do it. Is there anything that you tried to do every day or something you wanted to get through during the day? Yes, I tried to make sure we did the basics every day, which when they were learning to read might be building on that and math. And as they got older, just making sure we read, we did our math, we did our Bible. Uh, But I felt like, you know, those things right there are what help you do almost anything in life you want to do. And so that's what I did. Uh, One thing I I maybe left out earlier that I really loved, and we did most school days that we were at home, 
was we read aloud chapter books. And so for whatever age they were, they were age appropriate and they might be history or they might be literature. And so every afternoon as kind of a treat, we'd read several chapters out loud together, I, me reading to them. And uh, we, it sparked such good conversation about the characters, the people in the story, history, situations, how would you do this different? Do you think he made a good choice? I mean, it was just a great time. And my sons today still talk about that they really enjoyed that. So it was a sweet thing. Now, did your husband help with the homeschooling as well? He did. I, that's a great question, Nancy, because he helped um, in supporting me always. But in the evenings, he would always read to the boys at bedtime out loud. And it might be the Bible picture book when they were little, Bible passages. And when they got a little older, they always had some fun boys mystery book going on that they looked forward to reading a chapter every night. And sometimes dad fell asleep while reading and they'd go, Daddy, and he'd keep going. So he was very supportive. As we end, I always like to ask my people, what is your favorite Bible verse or story? So I have lots of favorite Bible verses, honestly. So I'm going back to like the favorite one I had in high school when I was a fairly new believer. It's uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, and I'm going to read it. But it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And, you know, life has so many ups and downs, and it's certainly not all easy. But I find such great comfort in knowing and trusting that God has a plan for me. All the twists and turns that it takes. So that's my favorite verse. I love it. And what are you grateful for? Well, I'm really um, grateful and excited about the time that Tim and I have together right now at this stage in our life. Um, and that we still like doing things together, you know, that's great. So it, it's really a sweet time. And I can't help but be excited and thankful for um, our little grandkids. We have two new granddaughters that were just born in September, and they were number 10 and 11. So our oldest grandson is 10, down to six weeks old. And I like investing in their life, spending time with them, um, loving them, teaching them whatever I can, whenever I can. So that's what I'm pretty excited about and really thankful for. That's wonderful. Thank you for joining me again and giving a little sight, insight um, into homeschooling for all those families that are just beginning the journey or maybe have been on the journey for a while. I know that this will have been a, a blessing to them. Thank you, Terry. Well, this once again, as I said, a pleasure to be here. Thank you for tuning in. God gave me a calling to share people's stories, and I've been doing that for over 15 years with my business, Generations to Generations. Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things is a continuation of telling stories. All of us have a story, and it's imperative that we share it with others to learn and empower. I know you have a story to share on how God has showed up in the mountains and valleys of your life. To do that, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, or email me at ordinarypeoplestories at gmail.com. And I'll see you on the next podcast.